All right, team. Welcome to the Man Talk Show. I am Connor Beaton, and joining me today is Bolash Berchenyi. He is a multidimensional tattoo artist from Hungary with a distinct, indefinable, and meticulous style. Uh, his artistic work is heavily influenced by ancestral practices and rituals, spirituality, sacred geometry, the occult, uh, and many different forms. And what's interesting is that not only not only do I find his work to be wildly fascinating and incredible, I mean, it really is like looking at art on the human body. He partners with Kjartan Rumsfeld, who's my other guest, so I'm interviewing both of them in this conversation. And Kjartan is a Norway-based consultant and teacher who focuses on weeding out limiting beliefs in all aspects of our lives, from the psychological, emotional, social, to the professional, physical, and spiritual. So these two generally work in tandem. They work together. Um, they they put on retreats for clients that are that are looking to get their get the tattoo done. And I found this to be really fascinating because in, it is the bridge between art and healing. And I think that there are so many opportunities for those realms to come together. Uh, you know, Jung talked about this quite a bit. One of the things that he would have his clients do is to paint or draw their dreams, like a visual representation of it, and to enact what was happening or or to dance out that that dream or to turn it into song. And I think that there is a, a deeper conceptual level of healing that can be manifest through the convergence of art and traditional therapeutic practices and modalities. So both of these gentlemen bring their expertise to this conversation. Uh, we go through a little bit of what Balash's uh, practice is and his background and his approach. Um, I I really, really love his work. It is incredibly artistic. Uh, it incorporates all, all sorts of, of different practices. But I think the thing that's very interesting about the approach that these two men take is that it is a form of ancient um, tattooing. You know, ancient tattoos were very ritualistic in nature. They were very symbolic and spiritual in nature. And they generally happened in a ritualistic fashion, right? You'd you would sit around the campfire after having gone through some sort of initiatory experience, some form of healing experience, some form of shamanic experience, and then you would get the tattoo as a signal or a symbol of the experience that you just went through. And it would, and it would signify your entrance into a different form or chapter in your existence. So I feel like they're bringing back a sort of ancient tradition intentionally and, and unintentionally in some ways. So we get into many different facets of of learning, healing, uh, spirituality, and art. And so I hope that you enjoy this conversation. Balash, Kjartan, thank you for being on the show. Thank you for being here. Thank you for your patience with the technology. Yeah, man. <laughs> we're, we're scattered across the globe. So, uh, you know, of course, there's going to be things that come up. But listen, I'm, I'm very much looking forward to this conversation. So before we dive into some of the main reasons why I wanted to have you on the show, I would love to ask you the question I ask all my guests, which is tell us a story about a defining moment in your life that made you who you are today. And so maybe Balash, we'll, we'll start with you. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Wonderful question. The first thing that comes to mind is an experience I had in Norway two and a half years ago. I used to live and work in New York City 
from the age of like 20, 20, 25, 26 to 29. And I left New York and a few months later, I ended up going to Norway through a friend of mine, through a client of mine. So basically what happened is I'm trying to make it very short. It's a very long story. Basically, there was this wonderful person. Her name is Ezria. She reached out to me. She's a client of mine. And she was like, hey, I want to get a tattoo. And I was like, sure. What if if we we go to like some like snowy, wonderful, like wonderland where we can record it and everything, you know, and then it will be so much fun. And then so, so, so Ezria connected me, connected to Kjartan or asked him if he could host us. I had no idea who Kjartan was or, you know, yeah, never met him before. So long story short, we ended up going to Norway and, and that trip really changed my life. I have to say, because uh, many, for many reasons, I, you know, I went there till the age of like 29. I, you know, I was, I was going into this like really fast paced life, you know, and, and always chasing always chasing something in the future, always chasing something that that's not present. That's like, if I'm going to get there, I'm going to be, you know, satisfied. I'm going to be happy. If I'm going to tattoo a lot of famous people, I'm going to be satisfied. If I have a lot of money, et cetera, et cetera. You know, it's like a very, it's like, you know, egoistic way of, way of living. Cause I also didn't know any other way. So I was, I was living my life like that, which was very exhausting but somehow I hold it together, you know, <laughs> until that point. And then, and then uh, like three days in, we are in Norway in this beautiful house, right? Like you see the fjords and everything. It's just like, you know, insane, insanely gorgeous. And, and we had this beautiful gathering. It was actually six of us. It was my, my girlfriend there, my videographer, Ezria, my client, her videographer and Kjartan. And so, so we had this beautiful gathering in one of the evenings. And we had a little bit of a mushroom tea and I was very resistant to any substances. I haven't done anything after the age of like 25. So I was like very much like against it. I was, there was a lot of fear. There was a lot of anxiety that I did not really want to surface. And, um, but anyways, I was like, you know, everyone's doing it. Let me just have a little sip. Why not? You know? And, <laughs> and yeah, that basically set the tone for the rest of the night. It's like, all the anxiety, all the pain, everything that I was carrying with me, all the burden and all this like junk, you know, was just everything just surfaced up. And, and yeah, I was like, I really truly felt like I need help. You know, I was like, I need some sort of help. I didn't say it out loud. I just, you know, like felt it. And, you know, I didn't know anything about Kjartan or his work. You know, he mentioned it briefly in a supermarket before we actually had it out there that, you know, he's doing some healing work. And I was like, oh, you know, fuck it. I don't need healing. Like, you know what I mean? I'm all good, you know? And yeah, like fast forward four days later, you know, he, I'm like super anxious, freaking out. He, he sensed it. And then, and then, you know, it kind of like pulled me aside, uh, pulled me aside and, and, you know, like did his energetic work, did his magic. And yeah, I truly have to say that was like a life-changing ex experience because like somehow through this dynamic, I was able to release all of this junk that I was like, all this energetic junk in my body I was carrying around. He, oh, I almost felt like I had got permission. I was like, okay, I'm like, I'm safe. I'm safe now. Finally, you know, after 29 years, I'm like, oh, okay. 
it's I can release and 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 so so I did there was a lot of like purging a lot of crying there was a lot of like any kind of bodily sensations you can really name I, I went through it and then I came out of it three hours later I was like I'm in fucking heaven you know I was like I just felt like so I feel this tremendous gratitude towards the universe that all of this thing was like orchestrated without me even like knowing it. So it was not, you know, like Kjartan is like obviously major player in this, but like, you know, my, my girlfriend, every person that was there had a tremendous amount of role in this. You know, it was like we were healing the whole space. So not just me. Like my personal experience was like insanely amazing, but I think that everyone, everyone kind of like felt it. And so after that, I was like, I want to know everything about this. I want to learn this. I want to like, what the fuck was this? Like, you know, I, I need to know more about it. I need to know more about it. And it's also just, you know, kind of like want to connect this to the tattooing work that I'm doing. It's like, you know, I always felt this like urge of knowing you know, like this urge of like, I had all these questions in my mind. I finally felt like I got some answers or it's like at this aha moment. I was like, okay, cool. Okay. Got it. And, and it's hard, really hard to do, put it into words, but, but like it also had a tremendous amount of effect in, in the work I do, the way I work and, you know, tattoos that I do. So, so that healing session was pretty wonderful. I have to say. It's yeah. beautiful. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's, it's like you know the universe conspires for you in some ways but we don't we don't always listen we don't always know how to look for the signs we don't always know how to open ourselves to the opportunity to have that work on us and through us and i feel like what you're describing is almost every single man's experience walking in any kind of healing you know like fuck that i'm good <laughs> i don't i don't need healing right like i'm i'm good everything's okay that was very much mine and you know having having had the honor to work with thousands of men now over the past decade that is a very similar experience that we have this resistance to sort of open ourselves to that that sort of hero's journey of entering into what is confronting you know there's definitely a confrontation when it comes to healing work. And I think that we, we underestimate that. So I really appreciate your experience because it's, I think it's very relatable. You know, it's very, very relatable. Kjartan, what about yourself? Tell, tell us a story about a defining moment that made you who you are today. Man, yeah, there's, there's a lot of, I want to say course corrections, but, you know, it's like that 0.1 degree alignment, which, you know, over the trajectory of a lifetime makes a huge difference. Uh, experience of you know what Balaj is just mentioning you know there's a there's a you know that in particular there was an element of resistance in myself as well you know to to show up in service like that and and you know not something I feel like I do personally it's more of like oh shit like I'm being asked to provide a service okay let me get out of the way and and participate in in the healing and but uh, I think I think uh, you know, a, a specific moment that I can really identify that allowed that to to flow through was maybe like ten years ago now. Spent a period of time in a in a monastery in the U.S. studying something called a Course in Miracles. I'll probably reference that again by deep deep studies with the Course in Miracles and and spent time at this monastery in, in Utah. And you know, I was 
It was designed to confront your mind, really, to to discern yourself between you know who you are in truth and the mind chatter, the you know the habitual mind, the egoic mind patterns, and you know I have a background and I did a lot of sports, like a lot of competition, competitive sports, martial arts, bodybuilding, and you know, and then you get into a monastery and you kind of like slowly undo these things. And, you know, you learn to learn to kind of observe the intensity in the mind, you know, the, the parts of your mind that most people, you know, resist, run away from. And, you know, competition was one of the things because I excelled at it at the time, something I gained safety through, I gained, you know, a, an identity through it. And, and so you're like in this dissonance between, you know, true collaboration and, and then maintaining this, this distance through, through competition. And so during this, this monastery stay, we were in, in Spain in one of the kind of like the periphery locations. And it was me as in a steward role, overseer role, and then two other guys perfect setup and and you know it's like we're i was young i was like uh, 24 25 and the other guys you know 21 22 so it's like you know unresolved resistance and competition and all this stuff and we drive to the beach the three of us and i used to do a lot of swimming so you know jumped in the ocean and i started swimming really hard you know like butterfly swims and i could just watch all this competition in my mind you know the showing off and i just feel wow holy fuck, this is painful. And I just stopped, went back up, sat down, laid down. The other two came laying next to me and told me afterwards, but I was laying there and it's like, I, I can't, can't do this anymore. I can't hold on to the pain. This is too painful. And so I lay there and I remember just falling into a prayer and just like, spirit, you know, take my body, take my name, take my bank account take you know all these things that I was holding on to and driving identity from and and I just fell into this open space it was just complete empty you know no duality just open space light pure abstraction you know it was one of those moments where you know even though on a conceptual level you know you get the mind training you get the inquiry into things and meditation and all this stuff but it's like you know you get a experience like that where it's like wow reality is beyond all of this this chatter in the mind all this identification all the competition and and it's actually safe to surrender the idea of separation and and so for me that was yeah it was really really defining and like like yeah it's reality has your back you can't really escape it and why would you want to and and to to use opportunity to to heal my mind i think that's that's really what also you know allowed me to show up for balage and in different contexts later wonderful yeah thank you for thank you for that i mean i think it's i think it's a, certainly a relatable experience again for many people you know who carry around that pain and attach worth to you know monetary things and material things and i think it's something that we we all do we can all get stuck in and caught in certainly but yeah i mean feel like what you're describing there is an experience where like recently i just had this gentleman on named rupert spira and he's uh, yeah yeah he's he's wonderful i've been following his teachings for quite a while and 
And he talks about, he uses the analogy of the waves returning back into the ocean, you know, yeah. that our, our thoughts and this chaos that we are constantly consumed by is just a part of this vastness that is awareness and that we can return back to that vastness. You know, that's sort of the, the practice, if you will. But I, I appreciate what you're saying there because sometimes we can get caught in the language. You know, we can read the books, we can do the courses, we can do those things and, and miss out on the experiential aspect of it. You know, and so I feel like that's what you guys really do well. So let's let's talk about your approach because you have done something unique in the sense that you've sort of blended art and healing modalities in some in some way. Both work together and you collaborate. And so I'm hoping that you can just describe a little bit about what that process looks like because you know, you're both exceptional in your own ways and and Balash, you know, you're one of I think when I came across your work, I remember looking at it and I was like, man, this is this is like legitimate art on the body. You know, it's legitimate, like a, like a painting. Also. You know, it's like, it's hard to describe. Like I've seen a lot of gifted tattoo artists and artists in general, but there was just something unique about it. I want to go into some of those pieces, but tell me a little bit about, about your process and how you've started to blend healing modalities within your, within your work. I think the first time that, that like came to my mind I was in I was in New York and like some somewhere in, like in the middle of my stay I I I had this woman that reached out to me and and I really felt this urge I was like I really want to take this woman to like to like a beautiful villa Costa Rica somewhere and just like kind of like orchestrate some sort of like unique experience for her instead of just like welcoming her in a studio and you know what I what I'm used to do so it's like you know the tattoo scene is, I would say 99% of the tattoo scene is about like, you know, opening a studio, you're welcoming people, people come get tattooed a few hours, you know, you, you, you chit chat a little bit and you know, it's like, it's like a proper, it's like a printing machine. It's a factory, right? It's like and a tra tra transactional there, a little bit in nature. Yeah, exactly. There's nothing wrong with that. You know, yeah. I think it's, you know, like not everyone can hold space. So not everyone has the capacity to 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 do that because i'm not really tattooing you know it's like you know tattooing is just an excuse to join i feel like it's not really that's just that's just an excuse that's like byproduct of you know of like connection and i always felt like that and i really was looking for a deeper connection with every client I came across but until the until i met kyarts and i had no framework that i had no like context around what i really wanted to do or how i wanted to do it etc and after i had this experience and really just not just the healing but like also going to a place together like going to norway and then do a tattoo in a remote place renting a house or like being in a house you know like that kind of that kind of like communal way of getting together was very special and and after that i was like you know maybe we should do some things together maybe we should like host some retreats together and and so we did <laughs> we did we did two you know we are also learning I did one in bali and also and then we did another one in crete and norway crete and norway was one retreat but we we chose to divide it into like two locations so so really is just about allowing my our clients to show up and kind of like be in service and see what they 
what they really are looking for. You know, some people want rest. Some people want to like, you know, there's every, you know, there's so many human beings. Everyone needs something, something different. You know, I have a wonderful friend, Chris, he's from New York. He's a movement coach and acupuncturist. He was with us in both of those retreats. So, so we not just, so Kjartan was like, kind of like covering the mental inner, like energetic aspect. I was just like drawing on them. And then, and then Chris was doing like acupuncture movement and that kind of like the, he was covering the physical aspect of the retreat. And yeah, and then it's just a wonderful way of hosting people and 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 it's just a different way of of approaching tattooing itself because because it's you know I feel like most of the people that come to get tattooed there is there is an urge to to shift something in them or they want to either get tattooed because XYZ happened in their life, they lost someone, it's or like you know, it's it's coming from a grief or marking their their kid's birth or like you know sort of like you know there's always this story around it but like yeah there is there is something universal there yeah i would yeah i was gonna say i would would agree with that i feel like tattoos for many people are are symbolic in nature and that they they like for me at least when i've gotten tattoos in my life they've been a demarcation of of a chapter in my life that's that's what they've always represented for me and I know for different people, for friends, for family, they they serve different purposes. You know, like my sister's got tattoos in and it seems to symbolize things for her, whether it's sim- the symbol symbolization of a family member or a period of her life or something meaningful for her. So it does seem like they play a very important role. And it also seems shows up in in people's lives and that they are bringing things to that experience you know they're bringing the weight of an experience they're bringing something that's quite meaningful to them and and sort of asking you to 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 represent that you know in their bodies but yeah so Kyrton you had something to say did you want to just jump in there yeah I think I think um I mean my perspective and you know the the Lodge and I've held this conversation for the last two and a half years I think it's you know this this ability to to curate or hold a space that that is safe for people to come in you know we don't it's not necessarily in the words or in the you know the actions we do or in you know the the how the service looks but it's you know it's like there's, there's a container there that can that can hold people going through something they're ready for you know it's like the, the people that come for the the tattoos they're they're looking for a you know it's like a markation of a transformation but you know that that cocoon, that that space to the, the portal, if you will, to kind of you know move through and trend really transition that you know requires, say, it requires a a maturity in in just witnessing someone in that you know and and to you know not really there holding space for someone, but it's like you know being being fully fully present in, in witnessing someone going through whatever that is without, you know, judgment or them needing to, you know, justify or explain and, and for them to really just allow them to, to move through and step through whatever it is in them that, that they're longing to, to step through. Yeah. And it almost feels like a sort of like an ancient form, you know, cause like the little that I do know about the history of tattoos that played a very sort of like communal role, role within our society, right. That they have been, 100%. you know, this, 
this experience that you went through as sometimes an initiatory process, you know? So I was wondering if you can speak to that, because I do think that sometimes people likely are coming into your work craving that initiatory experience. And it sounds like you've melded this, these two, I don't know, lineages or, or components yeah. together to create these initiatory experiences. Can you speak to that? Yeah, you know, it's very contradictory, right? Because like, you know, like you're, you're searching for a transcendent experience through a physical experience, right? Mm -hmm. So you're like, you know, let me just let me just adjust my look with a tattoo, which is a clearly like a materialistic form separation or differentiating yourself. Let's say five thousand years ago, you got a tattoo because the you know I was belonging to this tribe, and you know the other tribe had different kind of tattoos and marks on their body, but also like this aesthetic. You know, like, yeah, just like want to stand out, you know, but in the same time, you know, it's this, it's this like, you, you get this, all this like aspects are kind of like merged in together. And now it's like, you know, it's one, it's like, yeah, you get this tattoo, but you also having a transcendent experience or yeah, I mean, that's, that's what I have to say, really. It's, it's, it's also this tribal sacredness of tattooing as well. There's just some, something shamanic and old and, and, and there's some wisdom in that. I don't know what it is. It's maybe the pain, the, the connection, the physical connection with, with the artist and the client. And then, you know, it was just it's a wonderful way of expressing art or channeling through art, you know? Yeah, I appreciate that. I do think that is a form of shamanism. And I think, Again, in ancient, in some ancient tribes and cultures, it was the shaman who actually performed the ritual, you know, who, who would actually do this sort of tattooing. And so it's interesting to see that showing up within your work. I'm curious, you use a lot of symbolism and, and archetypes and like ancient languages and you're not, not in all of your work, but in some of your work. And I'm wondering where that comes from. Is it intentional? Is it something you studied? How has, because it almost seems like ancient is very prevalent and present within, within your work. Yeah, I don't really, I didn't really study too much about it. Read some stuff, but I'm not really good at like studying stuff or, or I'm not really, you know, some, some of you could say like, I'm, I'm all over the place a little bit sometimes, but when it comes to tattooing or creating art for people, it's very easy for me. Like, you know, I don't think about it too much. I'm just could also reference myself as like a stylist i'm my tattoo stylist so i'm i'm merging things together I'm like putting different ingredients there adding my 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 symbols to it but like those symbols just coming through me i don't really know what they are most of the time i'm just like hard to answer because i don't really know what i'm doing you know in a way it's just yeah, Word, words you don't just... want to hear from someone who makes a permanent <laughs> no. tattoo on you. No. Do it. Trust me. Yeah. <laughs> I know, I know, but it's not like exactly. I know, I know what I'm doing, but in the same time, I'm just like allowing this whatever to like come through, especially when I get some sort of freedom with it, with the piece, right? Because because some people like show up with like a specific design, and and. Sometimes I'm just like, yeah, I don't want to change anything. I love, let's just do that, you know? So kind of like 
you know, there are different kind of people showing up. Some people are like, hey, do whatever, whatever you want. And then some people are just like, I kind of want to, you know, it's also like interesting to watch them dealing with their own control. You know, it's like, you know, like, like a very wealthy, successful person. We just get tattooed and then you're like, you know, showing up. It's like, okay, so how much can you let go? You know, and then there's always this like little cat fight sometimes. It's like, you know, <laughs> they I mean, want to control, good... but they want to control, but they don't really know what they want to control. They just want to control because they're used to controlling. Yeah. And I feel like that, again, that shamanic piece shows up, right? That you're, you're sort of perceiving what it could look like and creating. Do you think that the act of creation in, in many ways is an act of surrendering? You know, it's an act of letting go. It's, it's an act of allowing universal intelligence, divine intelligence, creation, et cetera, to move through us and for us to just be the vehicle of its expression in some ways. And that's almost what I hear you describing is that there's a getting the ego out of the way so that creation can flow in, in some ways. Does that feel, does that Very feel right? true. Yeah, yeah, definitely resonates. Yeah. It's like, you know, it's even though the, the chatter of the ego, that's like part of the work that I'm doing with Kyartan, you know, it's like, you know, it's not not necessarily fighting against the ego. You're just like, okay, you just see it. Okay, cool. There's a chatter. Okay, okay, came back. You know, it's like like when you when you can like really just like stay in this this like, as Eckhart Tolle would say, this like consciousness space or consciousness or space consciousness. Sorry, then you know like then then there you just have more access to to things that not really touchable or i don't know you have an access i find i find when i'm in those moments i have an access to expression and knowing in a way like when i'm doing my work with somebody i'm i'm curious to get your perspective on this character as well but when i'm doing my work with somebody it's almost as though i'm not the one doing it like it's almost as like when i'm really in my flow and i'm working with somebody and i'm working with their shadow and their you know, their, their trauma or their depression or whatever, you know, the divorce that they're going through. It's almost like the best work that I do is when I'm not doing it, when I'm out of the way, you know, and that's kind of what I hear you saying is that feels like maybe channeling is not the right word, maybe that maybe too woo woo for some people, but it almost feels like it's happening through you, you know, that you're tapping into a field of awareness, a broader field of awareness that is a, you know, a form of an intuitional intelligence. So Kyrton, what's it's that beautiful. like for you when you're when you're facilitating that kind of work? Yeah, I mean, you know, I think you're referencing the flow state. So, you know, it's like the flow state that a lot of athletes get into or, you know, addicts to and to just kind of, you know, when the mind turns off and, and you know what to do. And you know, this is a this is a context, like a specific application of of that where, you know, rather than, you know, diving down a mountainside or throwing yourself out of an airplane, you know, it's, it's done in, in a higher service, you know, that, that was really the whole, you could say the whole mind training I went through during the monastery were, you know, it's like using, using specific tasks and projects to flush out egoic resistances and, and chatter so that you could observe them and then you know through the the joining with with mighty companions you know any anyone really that that you know has that intention to to release these things you know because you know the you know ego seems to be many but really just one thought system that's that's you know the self deception like the same deception is is in really everybody's minds as long as we you know believe that um the story and the narrative and you know with with meeting balaj and 
for me, that was a continuation of, you know, showing up in whatever context to, to surrender the whole project, the, whatever the, you know, the time container for service and then allowing myself to show up to, to, you know, surrender any fear resistances I have to, you know, providing that work to someone who's like, I don't need healing. <laughs> it's like, okay, cool. Let's see where this goes. You know, without, without any intention of wanting to heal anyone. Cause it's like, you know, if, if I see someone in need of healing, you know, that this misperception is in my mind, let me correct that. Right. Let me, let me take responsibility for my own perception first and not, you know, think I can heal the world because, you know, oh, everybody else is fucked up, but I'm good. <laughs> Fix everybody. You know, it's like, that's that's something you know for for me to look at if that comes up and you know and then it has an effect and then you know Balaj is like let's do this I want to go deeper and you know I had the the book the Course in Miracles which you know is very powerful context for this and I just had a laying out and he grabbed it and read it I was like okay cool no agenda here and he's like let's do this stuff <laughs> all right well first you know first we have to become the space you know become congruent with the space and. So that you know we can can allow just the voice to speak through, you know the the voice that really reminds us about who we are in truth. You know I think that's that's also the you know it doesn't need to be tattooing or can be anything really. It's just you know can I show up with that intention and and you know really listen, listen and follow, and then you know let let the higher intelligence move through and balage that shows up and. And I've seen people see, look at his work and they're like, you know, they can hear it. It reminds them of something. There's a familiarity. And, and I think, you know, that's for me, at least it's the highest function we can fulfill. It's like, you know, remind ourselves about what's really true. Cause you know, we, you can see today in fast paced society, consumerism, you know, and even in the tattoo shops, you know, you get the tattoo cause you're drunk or, you know, and it's you know, transactional everything. And, and, and the more we, we follow that, the more we fall into like deception, confusion, forgetting who we are, you know, what's really important, forgetting the present moment. And and so, you know, this is really, it's that, it's like, let's join, let's join in this moment. Just like, you know, this, this podcast, this meeting recording, it's like, let's collaborate to, to create, you know, a, a reminder of who you are, who we are in truth and and enjoy that as an experience, you know, not just at a conceptual level. And myself and Balaj, it makes art, touches people. I think it's, what else would you want to do? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well said, well said. Thank you for that. Well, I feel like we're unfortunately short on time. I would love to just converse with you, you know, definitely in some ways, I feel like we would have good conversations sitting around a fire. Maybe what I'll just leave with here is it stands out to me as this notion of of control and and surrendering, you know, meeting our control mechanisms, and that art, whether it's tattooing, healing modalities, you know, whether it's meditation or whatever experience you're having, is this this balance in meeting the part of us that wants to find control. And so, Balash, can you just speak to that and sort of close us off here? that balance between control and and surrendering how has that looked for you or how is that how do you see it showing up for your clients when they're when they're going through the experience yeah Kirsten just said you know it's like when i see something in someone 
you know, it's like, let me just observe my mind first about it because it's my perception, right? So it's like, I need to heal that in my own mind. So it's like taking full responsibility of, of how I feel and being very honest, my, my own mind and how I, how I operate. So yeah, but I mean, tattooing is, is definitely a helpful tool to, to like kind of like loosen those those like serious dogmas and like this this just the seriousness of of life you know of our existence is like can we just can I just draw on you as I am a six year old drawing on another six year old you know what I mean like what is the difference why what is the difference between me growing up or me being a six year old you know is I'm doing the same exact thing you know I'm just like hey you want to let me just draw something on you you know what I mean. <laughs> So it's, it's, you know, in a, in a nice, aesthetic, pleasing way, also reminding people of that, like, that love, really, that comes through the tattoo. And, mm. and, and, you know, it's like in whatever form. So because every, every big client has a different aesthetics, which kind of like I, I get a sense when they show up and it's like, okay, you know, there's this. 42 year old Russian woman who show up for the first tattoo. And I'm like, okay, let me do something delicate for her. It's her first tattoo. So it's like, you know, kind of also like feeling there, you know, like, or someone else showing up to get there is his 40th tattoo, you know, doing a sleeve or whatever. It's like a different, yeah. And it's just, yeah, I'm very Presence. grateful, <laughs> very grateful for this, for this experience because there's nothing to prove. There's nowhere to go. There's nowhere to get to, you know, it's like, it's, yeah, unlearning all the blocks, removing all the blocks so I get to just like enjoy. Well said, well said. Well, thank yeah. you for that, that wisdom. And I appreciate you diving in with me on your your first podcast. That feels yeah, thank you, that man. feels monumental in, in many ways. Honored by that. And yeah, we'll have links in the show notes to to both of your work. And any anywhere that you'd like people to sort of check check out your work, just in case they're you know they're listening to this and they're immediately curious. Most of my works are are on Instagram, so it's gonna be down here. I'm not gonna spell it. It's no point. But yeah, we'll have, we'll have it. We'll have it in the and, show notes. <laughs> yeah, and then and I have a YouTube channel as well. So I started doing some short videos with certain clients, kind of like telling their stories mm-hmm. through like short videos with some animation. So I'm gonna probably put more content out there in the near future and then yeah continuing doing hosting retreats working with kyartan and also the nfts you know like that's another that's another thing that i dove into so next year i'm only doing six tattoos people who own one of my nfts that's going to be interesting yeah that, that could be a whole podcast of just just yeah. the nfts and and the whole you know the, how how that played into surrendering control because that was that's huge. You know, yeah, that's, that was a wild one. I saw, I saw that. I did want to talk about that, but unfortunately, we didn't get get around to it today. But that is a very unique approach, and I I appreciate that. So, okay, wonderful. Thank you, thank you. I appreciate you both thank for you. for thank being you, here and, and for conversing with me. And for everyone that's out there listening, certainly check out both Balash and Kaisen's work. We'll have the links in the show notes for you to to check that out. And until next week, this is Connor Beaton signing off. Thank you.